This is Ozarks at Large for Thursday, November 17th, 2022. I'm Kyle Kellums. This is 91.3 KUAF. This day is the end of counting of the general election ballots in Arkansas. Today is the day many county clerks across the state tally accepted provisional and absentee ballots. The 2022 results, except of course for runoff races, are scheduled to be certified tomorrow. Ahead this hour, we're certifiably excited about a cold weekend selection of live music in the area. Timothy Dennis will deliver this week's schedule of music in our second half hour. Yesterday, the University of Arkansas Board of Trustees unanimously selected Dr. Charles Robinson as Chancellor of the University of Arkansas. He had been the interim Chancellor since August of last year. After the board vote on the campus of the University of Arkansas Monticello yesterday, Chancellor Robinson returned to the Fayetteville campus to, as he says, get to work. He says he has goals for the next few years of the university. We're going to become better at retaining and graduating students. We're already the best in the state, but we're going to do better because we can do better. We have outstanding students, outstanding resources. We're going to do better growing our research enterprise. We, we've made some strides, but we can do much better in that space, and we will. And we will be an employer of choice. Now, you know, as I said before, the best people make for the best outcomes. So we need to attract and retain the best people and make sure they realize that they are valued at the University of Arkansas. He says after more than a year as interim chancellor, his mindset can shift a bit now, moving the needle. Time to not only put together a plan, but to, to facilitate it. You know, when you're an interim, you think, well, I've, I've got a little time, but I don't know when that's going to end. So it, it creates more of a sense that you have time to strategize and really organize and facilitate the plans that you want to see take place, you think are important. Robinson had the very public backing of many on campus as the search for a new permanent chancellor continued. Several past student body presidents signed a letter endorsing his selection. He says he's appreciated that support. You know, it's one of the things that makes me feel good about coming in every day is knowing that we're here to serve our students and that they are they contribute so much to our, our institution. It wouldn't be the same, of course. It wouldn't be an institution of higher learning without them. And so we are truly a student-first institution, and, and I just appreciate them so much. Robinson is the first black chancellor in the university's history. He says that's significant. I think that's important. I mean, I think it says a lot about this country. I think it says a lot about the state and about this institution, that this opportunity is one that is open to people who are willing to work hard and, and connect and, and, and do what they know is best for, to help students, I think that it means a lot. And so I'm happy to see that I'm a historian and so happy to live that, uh, to see that happening now in our country and in our state is really important to me. Robinson first came to the campus in 1999 as an assistant professor of history. He says 23 years ago, he had no plan to eventually lead from the administration building, but he says being chancellor of the University of Arkansas is a dream job. And I look forward to working with everybody that uh, I've had the privilege of working with before and, and really trying to help this campus uh, live up to its full potential. So I'm, I'm just excited. I, I really am and uh, ready to get going. Go Hogs. Chancellor Charles Robinson speaking yesterday just a few hours after being unanimously selected as the new chancellor by the University of Arkansas Board of Trustees. <laughs>
This is Ozarks at Large. Transition Overwatch prepares and connects veterans, including those in Arkansas, to civilian careers at no cost. Ozarks at Large's Jacqueline Froelich reports. Every year, several hundred thousand military leave service, undertaking a formal process known as military to civilian transition. That includes more than 3,000 Arkansans. The U.S. Department of Labor, in collaboration with the Department of Defense, Education, Small Business Administration, and Office of Personnel Management, provide exiting military TAPs, or Transition Assistance Trainings, a mandatory one-day employment prep workshop. But then the Department of Defense, in partnership with numerous authorized state and local government, nonprofit and for-profit organizations across the country, provide exiting military and online matrix of industry training, apprenticeships, and internships during the last six months of service, known as SkillBridge. One such SkillBridge for-profit partner with a footprint in Northwest Arkansas is Transition Overwatch, which aims to align, equip, and launch 20,000 transitioning military members annually into new-collar careers, no degrees required. Something that we continuously see happen within uh, within the military transition community is that underemployment of, uh, of military members. Sean Ofelt is CEO of Transition Overwatch, headquartered in San Francisco, which he founded three years ago. He's a military veteran. You know, my experience is really not much different than every other uh, military member that's transitioning out. And even though that was over 10 years ago, it, it really hasn't changed. Um, the, the biggest difference between then and now is there are significantly more resources, but with all of those resources comes additional noise. Referring to the growing array of TAPs, or Transition Assistance Training Programs, around the country to help military-seeking tech-focused careers, for example, in software development, computer support, data analysis, financial advisement, project management, and even cybersecurity, Olfelt and his Transition Overwatch team have created a free solution branded Unconventional Apprenticeships. We're engaging military members 12 months in advance of transition, helping them figure out which program is right, and then we train them up while they're still on active duty and then transition them directly with one of our employer partners uh, on a local level, and they then launch into a 12-month apprenticeship. And then during that apprenticeship, we're providing all of the critical wraparound support that they need to be successful. Transition Overwatch operates a web portal for employers, partner firms, to link up, including insurance and financial services, a major fitness franchise, and a heavy-duty commercial vehicle manufacturer. And we have several other companies on a, a national and even regional basis that we're, uh, we're working on. So a lot of, a lot of big partners um, and then small partners as well within each of the uh, military apprenticeship hubs. Holfeld says Transition Overwatch staff market their service directly to active military. If interested, military members register online, choose an apprenticeship program, submit an application, and undergo orientation, training, and profiling. Transition Overwatch then matches military applicants with interested employers, participating in a 12- to 16-week-long internship. After transitioning out of the military, veterans begin 12-month paid apprenticeships. Ofelt wants Transition Overwatch to be a leader in the growing field of military transition services. There's two really complex challenges that a military member faces. The first is, what do they want to do? The second is, where do they want to go? 
Um, we've developed programs that can launch them and answer that first question. But when it came time to figuring out where they want to go, uh, by leveraging and activating military apprenticeship hubs, we're able to aggregate opportunities and really put these locations or our hubs on the map for military members. One such hub is in Northwest Arkansas, where Crystal Shelton lives. She's a four-year U.S. Air Force veteran, stationed for a time at Little Rock Air Force Base, and later Albuquerque Research Labs in New Mexico. I served because at the time that I chose to enter, um, I didn't know what I wanted to do. My dad uh, is an immigrant. He's from India. and um, he got his citizenship when I was in middle school and I saw how um, devoted he was to making a better life for me. And um, in a way, I wanted to give back to him. Um, so that's why I entered. When it came time for her to transition out of the military? It was a very cloudy time for me. Um, I honestly... Uh, didn't know what to expect. When you're transitioning from the military into the civilian world, there is a lot out there actually to try and help you to try to navigate that path. Um, and there, it often feels like there's no clear path forward. And what happens is you often get stuck either going, okay, well, I, I don't know what to do. And maybe I'll just live where I am right now, or maybe I'll go back home, wherever home is. Um, and it's really hard to identify where those future opportunities are and what they look like. Shelton eventually hired on as a substitute teacher and later obtained credentials to be a physical therapist, but she continued to search out other options. Today, she's employed with Transition Overwatch as a customer success manager. I saw a job posting for this company for Transition Overwatch, and I thought, wow, I really identify with this mission, and um, you know, I'd love to learn more, and I'd love to be a part of this mission. Shelton says Transition Overwatch aims to put Northwest Arkansas on the map as a model region for post-military career development. She says Transition Overwatch processes several hundred military members every month. Founder Sean Ofelt, again, says around 130 veterans are currently in the pipeline. When we were designing this, we really wanted to ensure that the military member incurred no cost. Um, at the same time, we wanted to create a model that worked for employers. Um, so it's a, it's a really balanced model. It makes a lot of sense. And again, it's that industry-driven solution to that industry challenge of how does a employer tap into this amazing pool of military talent uh, really in a different way. Transition Overwatch says military members are trained to possess critical skills that organizations crave, resilience, leadership, and discipline, but focused transition assistance can be the key for veterans to achieve fulfilling, lifelong careers. For Ozarks at Large, I'm Jacqueline Froelich. Last year, Cocoon Collective NWA hosted its first Friendsgiving, an evening of fellowship on Thanksgiving designed for all, but especially for people who are queer or trans and might not feel secure, safe, or welcome at home. We talked with Sadie Stratton, the executive director of Cocoon Collective NWA last year, in advance of that first Friendsgiving. We invited her back to the Carver Center for Public Radio this November to talk about the second edition happening next week and 
about last year's gathering. It was wonderful. It was so much better than we even expected. Um, Going into it, we thought, you know, it's our first year out. You know, if we even have 10 or 15 people there, we thought that'll be great because that's 10 or 15 more people that are safe and affirmed and happy on Thanksgiving, right? Um, And we ended up seeing over 60 community members come in. Yeah, it was really wonderful. And if you'll remember, it was at the Museum of Native American History. They were so gracious to offer their space to us. And um, they had it in the center area, and they um, they were able to come in and talk about some of the things that they have going on there. Um, we had some live music and uh, catering, and it was just a wonderful event. One of the resident, or excuse me, one of the participants said um, it was the best Thanksgiving I've ever had. So, okay, I hate to be the dark cloud of a silver lining, but the one thing one thing that I'm thinking is, sh- should I feel just a little bit sad that sixty people? needed to find mm. a, a Friendsgiving? Because yeah. Yeah. these are people that feel like they wouldn't be supported at home. Yeah. And- yeah, yeah, and that's always the other piece of it in the work that we do, right? There's there's the work we're doing on the ground to meet the needs of the people whose needs are not being met. And then you zoom out to the bigger picture. And, and we can't do that too much because we'll get a little discouraged. But when you zoom out to the bigger picture – Unfortunately, it's getting worse, mm-hmm. right? Um, the political tension tends to just kind of trickle down into everyday conversation, which you get a lot of at your holiday family meal, right? It's like every year um, it's getting a little bit harder to talk to Uncle Bill, right? So I, I think that you're right, uh, and it's always both things. And so we we try to stay focused on who we serve, but we also want to do our part to talk about the the narrative, to talk about you know the dialogue that's happening up on that upper level, that that zoomed out level. Yeah. All right, I'll quit being Debbie Downer. Now. No, that's okay. <laughs> it's all good stuff. It is wonderful that this exists, that that Friendsgiving exists. So last year was at the Museum of Native American History. It's not there this year. For a very good reason. Uh, yeah, a, a good reason being that uh, we outgrew our space. I would have loved to go back to the Museum of Native American History because they were just so wonderful to us. And I also really love kind of uh, the beauty in the story of reclaiming this holiday that's very colonialist and imperialist and saying, we're not going to call it that. We're going to call it Friendsgiving, and we're going to have it at a place that celebrates Native Americans, right? I love loved that image. Um, And I would have loved to be there again. But since we outgrew it, we've got another amazing organization. We're so blessed in Northwest Arkansas. We have the Botanical Gardens of the Ozarks, who are so graciously and wonderfully hosting us this year in their event space, um, right near their terrace. And I'm really excited. They've got a great team over there. John Barry's doing an amazing Mm -hmm. job. John Barry's a great person. He is. So, Who can come to 2022 Friendsgiving? Um, Really, anybody can come. As you know, and as most people know from talking to me, uh, you know, my heart is with the queer community as a member of the queer community, and in particular, um, our transgender friends and our non-binary friends. Um, This was created out of a spirit of making sure they had a place to be, um, that they got loved on. Um, But really, um, we want anyone who doesn't feel comfortable in their home or with their family of origin on that day for whatever reason 
reason to come and join us. It could be that you don't feel like cooking. You want to bring your friends and your family and come hang out with us. Maybe you want to meet new friends. Maybe you want to show your support. Um, Maybe there's another reason you don't feel comfortable. And the reason that we're opening it up is because if we segment off and we just hang out with people like us, you know, we're not really making things better. We might be making it a tad safer in the meantime, in the short term, but we're really not working on the bigger issue that you mentioned earlier, right? The way that we make this not necessary is by getting people together and seeing um, what we have in common as human beings, as Northwest Arkansas residents, you know, as people. And so we would love to see anybody of any age, uh, gender, um, background to come and join us. It'll be welcoming for everybody. A listener might be hearing this and thinking, you know, it was in Bentonville last year, it's at Fayetteville this year, it's Northwest Arkansas. But if you're hearing this and you're in Crawford County or Johnson County or or Southern Missouri or Eastern Oklahoma, you're welcome as well. Absolutely. And I'm glad you brought that up because we also provide rides for anyone who can't get there. Um, and so if you, that's part of the registration. If you need transportation, um, we will see that and we will make sure you're set up with transportation. We don't want there to be any barriers to someone who wants to come. Well, let's let's also talk about Cocoon Collective and what else. It's not just Friendsgiving. No, um, although I probably could spend plenty of time just on this. Um, our primary goal in Northwest Arkansas is around housing. Um, we've got amazing shelters here in Northwest Arkansas, um, but the needs of the particularly trans and non-binary community are unique. Um, and so we want to make sure that they have access to um, free and appropriate housing. And so our main goal is around housing. We're kind of a housing first organization in that way. Um, and so we are putting together our, our business plan right now um, for what that will look like, that um, permanent space. And uh, what we are looking at is some land and having um, kind of a collection of tiny homes around a community center. Center. And so we are looking at some architects and some builders and some uh, land uh, real estate agents. So if anybody falls into any of those categories, I would love to talk to you. And so we're, we're just excited. We're in the dreaming stage, which is always the most fun. Um, and so that is what is primarily on our minds, um, because when you don't have a safe and, and clean place to go home at the end of the day, nothing else really matters. So we are going to find a way to provide that housing, uh, that dignity uh, to this community one way or another. Sadie Stratton is the executive director of Cocoon Collective NWA, the organization hosting Friendsgiving a week from tonight, Thanksgiving night from 6 until 8, inside the event center at the Botanical Garden of the Ozarks. Nothing is required. And there is no fee, but organizers ask if you plan to attend that you register so they can have a head count. Arkansas Community Foundation knows that better data means better decision making. Their Arkansas nonprofit directory has information about local charities and new organizations. The directory and more at arcf.org. This is 91.3 KUAF, a reminder that you can listen to classical music any time of the day by going to KUAF2. You can find KUAF2 on your HD radio. That's at home or in your car. It's free. You can go to KUAF.com and stream the signal there. You can ask your smart speaker to please play KUAF2, or you can use the free KUAF app for iPhone and iPad. A survey by Newsweek Magazine ranks the University of Arkansas 20th in the country when it comes to serving 
online students. The report ranks 200 universities and used feedback from students of online services for about 80% of the final ranking. The report, titled America's Best Online Learning Schools, places the University of Maryland Global Campus first in the nation. The University of Kentucky and the University of Florida received the highest rankings for SEC schools, 14th and 16th, respectively. Time now for today's Northwest Arkansas Business Journal report. I'm Paul Gatling. This week, we reported earnings for two of the region's big three companies. On Monday, Tyson Foods shares slumped about 2% after the Springdale meat processor said shrinking demand for pork and premium beef contributed to lower-than-expected quarterly earnings. Fiscal fourth-quarter net income was down 60%, but the company ended the fiscal year with record revenue of $53.2 billion. That was up about 13% from the previous year. On Tuesday, Walmart reported revenue of $152.8 billion in its fiscal third quarter, up 8.7% compared to the same quarter in 2021, but net income fell 158% to a loss of $1.79 billion. Now, the income drop was partially attributed to a one-time $3.1 billion settlement in a national opioid case. Kim Souza was our reporter for both of those earnings calls, and she has more analysis online at nwabusinessjournal.com. We've got more news after the break on today's Northwest Arkansas Business Journal Report. Support for the Northwest Arkansas Business Journal Report is provided by the Arkansas State Chamber of Commerce and Associated Industries of Arkansas. The Chamber's mission is to promote a pro-business, free enterprise agenda and prevent legislation, regulation, and rules that hinder business. ArkansasStateChamber.com Arkansas Blue Cross and Blue Shield For more than 70 years, Arkansas Blue Cross and Blue Shield has used its knowledge and compassion to create health care solutions for individuals and businesses. More information at ArkansasBlueCross.com First Security is proud to be only in Arkansas. They offer smart solutions for personal and business banking, plus convenient services and community investment. First Security, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Scenic Hill Solar is Arkansas's largest solar development company with projects either built or under contract, totaling more than $200 million. Former Arkansas Lieutenant Governor Bill Halter is the CEO, and in a recent interview with Roby Brock, he discussed the company's work, including a new initiative to onshore more solar array component manufacturing, and what the solar energy agenda will be in Arkansas's upcoming legislative session. What we do is build uh, commercial-scale solar power plants for clients. Uh, we're either selling them electricity or we're turnkey delivering them uh, the power plants that they, in fact, own. And you're right, Roby, if you drive down pretty much any Arkansas highway, you're going to see one of our projects. Uh, we, we're pretty conscious about putting them uh, where they're visible uh, to, to the public, uh, and it has been uh, a booming success here. Bigger scenic hill solar signs on there. That's my one recommendation. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, this week, you guys announced American-made, Arkansas-built. It's a new initiative to kind of onshore some manufacturing that goes on uh, uh, overseas for the, the components that uh, are needed to build these solar arrays that right. you're talking about. 
tell me a little bit about kind of the state of that portion of the manufacturing industry and what this objective is. So the, the initiative, American Made Arkansas Built, really has a two-fold mission. The first is uh, to enhance the amount of American manufactured products in the solar industry. The second is to really focus on Arkansas specifically and try to vault Arkansas into position not just of catching up with the rest of the country, but actually leading. And so what we've done is allied ourselves with the premier American manufacturers of different solar components. So whether that be modules, inverters, racking, steel, uh, data acquisition systems. And so what we're doing is putting a real emphasis on making these plants American made as much as possible. There's a bit of history here. Solar, solar power was an American invention. This really started in Bell Labs. You remember the old yeah. Bell Labs with yeah. AT&T? That was the initial formulation of this. But unfortunately, about 15 years ago, as a result of Chinese intervention in the market, predatory practices, a whole bunch of very um, tough, bad acts, America lost the leadership position in these technologies. So today, the vast majority of modules, for example, are manufactured by Chinese companies. Same thing with inverters. This is an attempt, our attempt, to have Arkansas play a role in restoring American preeminence in this industry. Yeah, that certainly feeds into the supply chain stories Absolutely. that we've been saying there. Yep. Uh, so let's talk about what some of the incentives are that make this work. The Inflation Reduction Act actually had some incentives for the solar industry. Kind of what are they? How do you capitalize on that? Sure. Two big categories of incentives in the Inflation Reduction Act. The first applies uh, tax credits and accelerated depreciation that's available for the owners of power plants. So uh, if we do a project, for example, for our client L'Oreal uh, in North Little Rock, they receive uh, very generous tax incentives, and this has provided a real boost to the industry. The second category of incentives in the Inflation Reduction Act are for these American manufacturers of uh, solar technology. So they have some additional tax incentives, essentially there to restart the industry in the country, give them a, a, a little bit of a, a foundation or a floor underneath them, and it's paying off. We're seeing dramatic expansions in the announcements of American manufacturing. And this initiative by Scenic Hill, the American-made Arkansas built, ties very much to that, right? We, we want Arkansas to be in a position to take advantage, take maximal advantage of these two things that are going on. One final point about that, Arkansas is uniquely well positioned to take advantage of this industry. As you know well, we have vast amounts of flat, open farmland. Most people don't realize this. We're the 10th uh, best uh, state in the country from the perspective of the amount of sunshine. We also have two regional transmission organizations that either have a headquarters here, Southwest Power Pool, or have a, an office here that's, that's very important in MISO. Right. This is unique, right? And we want to take advantage of all of these natural advantages and make sure that for once, Arkansas really maximizes uh, what is possible for us. We're not changing our moniker to the Sunshine State, okay? Florida's got that one. We'll be the natural the state. The natural so. state takes care of it, Robert. Right. Yeah. Uh, what needs to happen on the 
uh, legislative front? We got an Arkansas session coming up in January. What are some things that you think could happen policy-wise that would help this I, initiative? I think two real two broad categories. Uh, we we had a really good uh, net metering law that was put in place. Um, it's one of the few areas that Arkansas's policy is uh, better or equal to the rest of the country. That needs to be protected. We can count on the utilities to fiercely oppose that, to attack that. Underlying their attack on that is they simply don't want competitors in the generation business. So net meter protection of net metering is absolutely critical to the establishment and the, the growth of this industry. Second area is tax policy. Uh, we, we have a circumstance, unfortunately, where in tax policy with respect to renewable energy, uh, the state is way behind uh, other states. Well, we do the wrong thing on property taxes. We do the wrong thing on sales taxes. And we, uh, unfortunately, we're unique in this. We're one of only two states out of 50 that has uh, fairly onerous sales tax and property tax provisions on solar, whereas the other states uh, have, have relaxed those constraints on both. The idea, of course, in, in every area of tax policy, you want to make sure you're doing everything you can to expand investment rather than restrict it. And that is Bill Halter, the CEO of Arkansas solar development company Scenic Hill Solar. For that entire interview, you can visit our sister website at talkbusiness.net. In other news this week, a grant of nearly a half million dollars from the Walton Family Foundation in Bentonville will extend funding through 2025 for the Northwest Arkansas hub of microloan nonprofit Kiva. Since launching in 2019, the NWA Kiva Hub has assisted 80 local business owners in obtaining crowdfunded loans ranging from $1,000 to $15,000. Global alcohol manufacturer Pernod Ricard is investing $22 million into its Fort Smith plant. The investment will provide the facility with canning capabilities and add at least 50 jobs. And for the first time, the University of Arkansas Athletics Department topped $150 million in annual revenue. According to a financial disclosure submitted to the U.S. Department of Education, the athletic department's revenue totaled $154.5 million in the 12-month fiscal year that ended June 30th. That was up a little more than 16% from the previous year. For more news, visit us online at nwabusinessjournal.com, where you can follow our reporting each and every day. I'm Paul Gatling, and that's the Northwest Arkansas Business Journal Report. Until next time, thanks for listening. It's Thursday. It's Ozarks at Large. It's time to talk live music with Timothy Dennis. How are you, Timothy? I'm all right, Kyle. How are you? Very good. So this Thursday is today. Correct. And then a week from today, it's Thanksgiving already. Correct. Correct. So we're entering the holiday season. Yeah, There's we are. still some live music going on, though. Starting with tomorrow night, JJ's live in Fayetteville. They're going to have Texas singer-songwriter Mike Ryan on their stage. So we drank a case of Shiner and all my daddy's maker's mark. Pull them speakers on the back porch, sat around and smoked cigars. Sang along, we laughed till dawn, watched that red sunrise. Cover for that is $20 in advance, goes up to $25 at the door. That gets underway at 7.30 tomorrow night, again at JJ's Live in Fayetteville. Happening at George's in Fayetteville tomorrow night, they're going to have a showcase featuring Lil Ye, Bang, Pura Coco, Head Cannon, and Sarah Lilly. 
dad gum. Yeah, it's gonna be a pretty big show. Or do I? Cover is $10 in advance, goes up to $12 at the door. That gets underway at 9.30 tomorrow evening again at George's in Fayetteville. Just $10 in advance. $10 in advance, yep. Happening at Nomad's Trailside in Fayetteville, they're going to have a show featuring the band's Good Morning Valentine, Ozark Daughter, Tracy Ray Manus, Mm -hmm. and Corey McKelvey of the band Dandelion Heart. I do know that Corey is working on a solo project. What I've heard so far sounds really amazing, and I can't wait to hear the finished product. Excellent. Cover for that show is $5. That gets underway at 7 o'clock tomorrow night, again at Nomad's Trailside in Fayetteville. Over in Eureka Springs, Chelsea's is going to welcome back the Central Arkansas rock band De France. It's been a while. It has been a while. That show gets underway at 7 o'clock tomorrow night. Again, that's at Chelsea's in Eureka Springs. Down in Fort Smith, Majestic tomorrow night is going to have another Texas songwriter by the name of Slade Coulter on stage. Well, to be fair, there are more than a few Texas well, that's songwriters. True. That's true, yes. Joined on that show by Parker Ryan. Cover for that show is $10 in advance. Goes up to $12 at the door. That gets underway at 8 o'clock tomorrow night, again at the Majestic in Fort Smith. Jumping ahead to Saturday, George's in Fable is going to welcome back Cody Canada and The Departed. Also, it's been a while since they've been here. It has been. Also, amazing artist. Joined on that bill by Them Dirty Roses. Covers $20 in advance. Goes up to $25 at the door. That gets underway at 9 o'clock Saturday evening again at George's in Fayetteville. Back at Nomad's Trailside in Fayetteville Saturday evening, they're having a hard rock slash metal show featuring the band's Sledge, Open Casket, that's with a K, Kill Order, Held Tight, and Take Rest. for that show is $10. Gets underway at 7 o'clock Saturday evening again at Nomad's Trailside in Fayetteville. Also happening Saturday night is the next edition of the Home Sweet Home Festival House Concert Series. Right. This month they're featuring artists Melissa Carper and Will Gunselman. Oh, wow. Both of which have actually been in our studio at one point or another. Uh, yeah. If you can't make that show, Melissa is going to have a release show for her latest album, Sunday evening at Chelsea's in Eureka Springs, where she'll be joined by her fellow Sad Daddy bandmate Rebecca Paddock nice. on fiddle and Doug Strahan on guitar. Hold on to your sweet memory. Goes by. 
And that's going to be Sunday night at Chelsea's. That's Sunday night at Chelsea's. What time this, does that get? That gets underway at 6 o'clock Sunday evening at Chelsea's. Thank you. A 6 o'clock Sunday evening show. I love it. The show, the house concert, mm-hmm. Saturday evening in Bentonville, gets underway at 7 o'clock, covers $20. If you'd like the address for it or if you'd like to buy tickets, you can find all that information on the event page on stubs.net. Gotcha. And Got a Whole Brewing in Eureka Springs Saturday is going to have songwriter Julie Tapton on our stage. That's what Mama says. That's what Mama says. It's reeling in my brain, reminding me again. That's what Mama says. That's what Mama says. That gets underway at 5 o'clock Saturday evening again at Got a Whole Brewing in Eureka Springs. Well, you could just kind of stay within... A couple of blocks. Yeah, I mean, and we, see a lot of music. Yeah. Moving down to Fort Smith, quite a few blocks yeah, away. Yeah, you're, you're going to have to get a car. Uh, Majestic is going to have one of my favorite, more contemporary country artists, Paul Cawthon, on stage. Roll up to the club in my 1964 Caddy Street, ready to stomp at a quarter to one, just a looking for fun. I'm going to claim ignorance. I don't know Paul Coffin. If you listen to his music, especially his more recent albums, to me, he sounds a lot like Waylon Jennings, Mm. but with a little bit more swagger. Oh, okay. That's just my personal opinion. Don't flame me for it. Waylon Jennings with a little bit more swagger. Yeah. Look up the song uh, Cocaine Country Dancing. Okay. You'll see what I mean. Okay. Joined on that bill by Early James. Tickets are $35 in advance. They go up to $40 at the door. That gets underway at 7 o'clock Saturday evening at the Majestic in Fort Smith. Moving on, Monday evening, Smoke and Barrel Tavern in Fayetteville is going to have the next On the Map series of shows featuring the Indiana, quote, stoner emo band Cloakroom and also local alternative shoegaze bands Color Design and Always Tired. Tickets for that show are $15. That gets underway at 8 o'clock Monday evening at Smoke and Barrel in Fayetteville. Tuesday night, mm. George's Majestic Lounge in Fayetteville is bringing back a, kind of a fan favorite from a couple years ago, The oh. Last Waltz Tribute. Yes, I saw Jesse Dean posting something about that uh-huh. on social media. That made me very excited. Featuring a lot of local bands. It's hosted by the One Ounce Jig, and special guests will include Earl Kate. Randall Shreve, Rochelle Bradshaw, Sky Pollard, Opal Agafia, Michael Scambry, uh, Meredith Kimbrough, Eric Whithans, Derek Russell, and as you said, Jesse Dean. Wow, and that's Tuesday night. That's Tuesday night. It's before Thanksgiving, a couple days. A lot of people, some people don't have work on Wednesday, so get out there. Tickets are $15. That gets underway at 8 o'clock Tuesday night, again at George's Majestic Lounge in Fayetteville. Wednesday night. Majestic in Fort Smith is going to welcome back hometown hero, J.D. Clayton. Yeah. Another guy who's been on our studio years yeah. ago. She held on to my arm as we walked real far down to the river bank. I said I love you so, and I want you to know that you're the one for me. 
Cover for that is $10 in advance, goes up to $15 at the door. That'll get underway at 7 o'clock Wednesday evening at Majestic in Fort Smith. And one more show I want to let you know about. It's actually next Friday. But we need to tell you about it because we're not going to be doing this next week. Exactly. George's Majestic Lounge in Fayetteville is going to have a benefit concert for Mark Billu of Big Smith right. and Creek Rocks. He had a stroke. He had a stroke. We are expecting a full recovery. Exactly. But proceeds from this show will go to him and his wife Cindy yes. for his recovery. They're featuring performances by Handmade Moments. Dana Louise and the Glorious Birds, and No Richmond's Little Monster. Ooh, that'll be a heck of a show. Yeah, it will. Covers $15. That gets underway at 9 o'clock next Friday, Black Friday, the day mm-hmm. after Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. at George's in Fayetteville. Thank you, Timothy. Thank you. The Calaloka Institute of Fine Arts and Rave Cultural Foundation presents Sop the Sueras, an effort to su- an effort to support and nurture local talent performing vocal and instrumental forms of Indian music. A free event in support of the project is December 11th. Registration is required. ra-veculturalfoundation.org for more. KUAF is supported by Hendrix College, offering the nationally recognized Hendrix Odyssey program which ensures students complete three or more hands-on learning experiences from internships and undergraduate research to service opportunities and study abroad programs. Hendrix.edu slash connect for more information. Tomorrow on Ozarks at Large, the USGS is flying low over southern Missouri and northern Arkansas. Sometimes we're looking forward to seeing things that we don't know about. (laughs) A survey for minerals explained on tomorrow's show at noon and 7 p.m. You can always hear the most recent edition of Ozarks at Large by asking your smart speaker to please play Ozarks at Large. Uribe, Associate Professor at the University of Arkansas Music Department, expanding our musical boundaries with Sound Perimeter. We open Sound Perimeter today with Joy from Awakening, Songs of the Earth, by American composer Joseph Curiale. Curiale began a successful career as a film and television composer on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson in 1982, before delving into the world of symphonic music. Awakening was first recorded and released in 1997, and the piece is described by the composer as, quote, a melding of jazz harmonies, strong, memorable melodies, and ethnic influences presented in an elegant symphonic setting, end quote. 
Since 1997, Joy, one of the movements of the piece, has become a modern American standard performed by thousands of high school and college wind ensembles, marching bands, and major drum corps. Joy, a piece influenced by the American that Leonard Bernstein and Aaron Copland reflected in their own music, is a piece that highlights the power of each group of instruments in the orchestra, bringing shine, hope, and indeed joyfulness. That was Joy from Awakening, Songs of the Earth by American composer born in 1955, Joseph Curiale. Composer Alexis Alrich's music is influenced by West Coast minimalism, French Impressionism, Asian music, and American roots music. Alexis Alrich is a composer of chamber, orchestral, and choral music. Her style is tonal and melodic, creating a musical narrative with percussive, dance-like rhythms and colorful use of instruments. Muse of Fire was composed by Alrich for the Impetus Percussion Quartet in 2015 and since has become a favorite piece for percussion ensembles. This piece is heavily influenced by the sounds of Asian cultures. Elrich was introduced to these sounds first as a student at the New England Conservatory, and then she experienced these sounds herself while living in Hong Kong from 2007 to 2017. This movement from Muse of Fire, performed this time by Orphic Percussion, is the third and final of the composition, and it is scored entirely for keyboard percussion. Two marimbas, one xylophone, and one vibraphone.
listened to joyful music by American composers and celebrated sounds that bridge cultures and connects us as human beings. As we enter this season of celebrations, I invite you to find music that includes us all and brings us closer together. This is Leah Uribe, Associate Professor at the University of Arkansas Music Department, expanding our musical boundaries with Sound Perimeter. Sound Perimeter is a segment dedicated to diverse voices in and around music. I hope it will expand your knowledge and connection to inclusive sounds and let music infiltrate your lives and transform your realities. See you soon. Socks and Cookies is hosting the sixth annual Spreading Joy to Those Deployed 12 Needs of Christmas fundraising drive through tomorrow. You can help send Christmas care packages benefiting deployed service members from every branch all around the world by donating items such as black crew socks, cookies, coffee and water packets, and protein bars. For more information about the drive and where to drop off the goods, socksandcookies.org. First Tea, a nonprofit based in Lowell, providing educational programs for young people, is hosting a holiday toy drive at all Northwest Arkansas locations through December 16th. The nonprofit is taking donations of new unwrapped toys. For more, firsttnorthwestarkansas.org. Benville Mayor Stephanie Orman hosts a coffee with the mayor on the third Tuesday of each month from 8 until 9. 
The informal discussion with city staff and guests includes a presentation and a question and answer period. Registration is required for the event. It's free, though. You can find out more at BentonvilleAR.com. And Northwest Arkansas Community College will host the Eagle K 5K and Fun Run. It's open to the public. This will take place on the campus in Bentonville. Money raised from the event directed toward the college's cross-country program. It's this Saturday. The one-mile run and walk begins at 8.30. The 5K race begins at 9. For more information and to register for the race, nwac.edu. This is 91.3 KUAF. Fayetteville, Fort Smith, Bentonville, and Patrick. KUAF is a listener-supported service of the School of Journalism and Strategic Media at the University of Arkansas. You can find out more about us at KUAF.com. Timothy Dennis produced today's show. And he also produced this week's Sound Perimeter. Contributors to the show this Thursday included Jacqueline Froelich, Timothy Dennis, Leah Uribe, and Paul Gatling. Our theme is written and performed by Daryl Sean. And guess what? Yesterday, Daryl released his latest, his brand new album. It's called Still Here. You can find it wherever you find music. You can find us right back here tomorrow at noon and 7 for a Friday edition of Ozarks at Large. We'll talk with Michael Tilley from Talk Business and Politics. Becca Martin-Brown, the features editor at the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette, is back with us to preview all the things that are happening around Christmas already. I know it's not Thanksgiving, but squares are being illuminated uh, over the next couple days. From the Harold and Blanchcock News Studio, I'm Kyle Kellums. We'll talk again soon.